Good morning, church. I want to take you on something that I call a journey through. It's a bit of a curious question, actually. And it's a question that I'm sure everyone, everyone would like to know the answer to. So what I want to ask you today is this. When is a problem not a problem? I'll ask you again. When is a problem not a problem? No, it's not a riddle. It's not the start of a joke, okay? And today, through God's Word and through worship and through prayer, we want to try and show you three ways that this can be a truth in your own lives for you. Perhaps, instead of seeing a problem, we can see an opportunity instead. Perhaps, something that was meant for evil can be made to be good. Cause the God has said knows only how to triumph My God will never fail Oh my God will never fail See now, oh, I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory
going to hate me right now because I'm going to say 
just have a seat for a few minutes. <laughs> but don't worry, we have a lot of worship coming up through this gathering this morning. Um, one thing you'll notice different, these guys are not leaving the stage today. They're up here with me the whole time, with us the whole time, okay? One thing I must do, to those of you watching online, apologies. I forgot to say hello in the introduction, so to everyone watching us online this morning, hello, happy Sunday to you all. So, um, I want to give you a quote from Pastor Bill Johnson. He said this, stop trying to fight a setting or situation that you're in where God has placed you. So instead of fighting a situation or something that we're viewing as a problem, why not look at it as an opportunity? All right, I'm not stupid enough. Please, don't, you know, somebody say it, yell out, yes, you are. Uh, I'm not stupid enough to think that there will never be challenges in life, all right? I know that there will be. Jesus himself told us there will be. In John 16, 30, 33, he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. So far, beautiful, thank you. The next thing he says is, in the world, you will have tribulation. Tribulation is basically the same as problems, obstacles, hurdles, challenges. And some of these challenges, some of these problems, they'll be pretty tough. I mean, if I asked who in here has not been through at least one tough challenge in their life, I don't think anybody's hand would go up. I guarantee every single person here has all been through something in life. But if you can look at these problems that you have and try to embrace them as opportunities, then you can be unlocking a whole new world for yourself uh, or finding new meaning and experiencing growth in all these situations, okay? There can be opportunities to learn from your problems. Now, one of the first things that I try to do when I'm faced with a new challenge, with a difficult situation, um, I don't ask with that six-year-old toddler voice, why has God given this to me? Not a very good voice, sorry. But I try to ask, okay, God, I see this. Yeah, right now, looks like a mountain. But what are you trying to teach me here? If I walked around thinking, oh man, this sucks, you know, if I walked around saying, why has God put this in my way? This is so unfair. Do you know what? I got a pretty good feeling I would become one of the most depressed people in the world pretty fast. Now, I personally, I will never believe that God put something in front of me for anything other than a good reason. Now, I know that frequently I will not see or I will not understand that good reason. I can think of many times in the last two weeks <laughs> where that's been the case. But you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What I try to see is this. What does he want me to learn from this situation? What does he want me to learn or see or be revealed about him from this situation? 
Let me repeat that. What does he want me to learn or see or be revealed about him in this situation? Because I guarantee you, in all of these situations, there is something God is revealing himself, re revealing about himself to you. Another way to look at a problem is it can also be an opportunity for us to grow in these situations, okay? Uh, it's an opportunity to grow spiritually, to grow in maturity, to grow closer to God. That's my favorite one. And it's also an opportunity for you to challenge yourself, to overcome or get through whatever this issue is. Now, most of us in our lives, we kind of make a box some small, some big. And inside that box, we're good. Life's comfortable, life's easy. I know what's happening here, I know what's happening there. I've got everything figured out that's inside that box. But to find an opportunity from a problem, you may have to move yourself right outside that comfort zone. You may have to challenge yourself to do something that you've never done before. You may have to challenge yourself to get much better at something you can already do. But if you think about it, these are all amazing opportunities that God sometimes puts in front of us. But it's up to us to decide. I can take this and go... This is a problem. Or I can take this and go, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Help me to see it. Help me to see it. You can choose yourself. Is it a problem? Or is it an opportunity? I believe that God really, really, really wants us to know that we were never meant to handle everything on our own. This is why, right, we usually feel weighed down with the cares and the problems of this world, of life on earth here. But this was never his intention. And to shamelessly quote Bill Johnson again, he says that the cornerstone of all theology is the goodness of God. The cornerstone of all theology is the goodness of God. And I don't know about you, but I, for one, I certainly believe this. This is one reason I believe that actually a problem is really an opportunity in hiding. We just have to look for it. We just got to look for the opportunity. But I know and I believe that because of the goodness of God, we can and we will find it.
Appreciation for the worship team. So good this morning, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to say, you know, Lord, I just thank you that yesterday, today, and tomorrow, you are always, always good. Always good. Amen. So, if you've ever found yourself feeling burdened or anxious uh, or worried about something, so in other words, basically, if ever you felt that you've had a problem, here's another way that I want to give you to take a problem and make it not a problem. This way, this sounds really simple, but I'm sure you'll probably agree from your own personal experiences. It's not always quite as simple as it sounds. And that way is simply to give it to God. Sounds easy. Sounds easy. But as I go on, you'll see where I think it's not always so easy, though. Uh, I want to look at Philippians 4, uh, verses 6 and 7. It says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I don't normally veer from one particular translation, but I do want to share with you guys the translation of this verse from the message translation today because I think it actually says it much clearer. So in the message translation, it says it like this. Don't fret or worry. Simple. Instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praise shape your worries into prayers, letting God know your concerns. And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. 
as I read these verses, ding, light bulb went off. I realized that God really wants us to have freedom from problems. I realized He wants us to give us to give them to Him, so that we no longer have to bear them ourselves. So my second answer to the question, "When is a problem not a problem?" is simply this: When you have given it to God, which, when you think about it, is an act of obedience. I mean, come on, how beautiful is that? Giving our problems to God is an act of worship and an act of obedience. For me, this is one beautiful truth. Psalm 55:22 says, "Give your burdens to the Lord." And he will take care of you. Matthew six, verse twenty-seven, says, "Who by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life?" What normally makes us anxious? What normally makes you anxious? Things that we see that we perceive as a problem, right? You know, we're not anxious about good things. Yeah. We're anxious. We stress over things that we are seeing that we perceive as a problem. I have to say, the verse from Matthew, I, I really love this verse.、Uh, I remember the first time I read it, and I remember just actually marveling at the beauty of the logic of it. It says to me, David. What is the point of thinking of something as a problem? Does this extend your life? No, of course it doesn't. In fact, the stress that a problem usually causes will probably shorten your life, not extend it. There is an important issue here, though, that you've got to got to remember. Okay,、um, I'm sure we've all done this. I know we have. There's something that you have to be very careful about. When you've given a problem to God, and this is this, be careful that you do not give it to Him, and then go. Ah,、uh, actually, I think I'll take that back. Once you've given it to Him, you have to leave it with Him. Okay. Often we create a problem when we take back the thing that we give to Him in the first place. It may be taking back control of something that we've surrendered to Him. Uh, trying to take care of ourselves in a situation, trying to figure out our own way, when we initially asked for His direction, and all of these things will cause us to take back the very thing that we gave to Him. Now, I know this sounds obvious, but let me ask you this: I reckon probably everybody here has done this at some point. How many times have you said, for example, "Okay, Lord, I'm giving all my financial worries and stresses to you. I'm going to trust in you completely that you will provide," only to turn around the very next day, a couple of days later, maybe even your last week, but you start stressing over the same issue again. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because, honestly, I think I know that we've all done this. Learning to give your problems to God—it it takes total surrender, not partial, 
not halfway there. It takes total surrender. But once you do, once you do, trust me, you will feel the freedom that only God's glory in this matter can bring to you. So if you find yourself taking back a problem that you gave to God, right? I want to suggest you do this. Stop. Wherever you are, stop. Whatever you're doing, stop. And say this. No. I refuse to worry about this anymore. I refuse, refuse to view this as a problem because I know that God is taking care of it. And he promises that if we do, that his peace that surpasses all understanding will fill our mind as we put our trust in him. Now, I didn't choose the example of finan financial surrender by random. I chose it very spe specifically here. As I know, this is a very tricky one for most of us. Uh, yeah. If I'm honest, it was the hardest one for me. I could let go of like pretty much everything, surrender pretty much everything. But that last little piece of the puzzle of total surrender was letting go of the financial stress. And, uh, but it was made easier for me. When I read Philippians 4, verse 19, because this is a verse that shows us that he will take care even of our financial needs. Amongst all the other needs and all the other problems that he's taking care of, care of us for, taking care of for us, constantly working on for us. And this verse says this, and my God, our God, will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, please notice it says, your God will supply every need of yours. Not some. The promise is not, yeah, I'll take care of some of your stuff. He says, I will take care of every need. And this verse really had such an impact on me at a particular time in life. Uh, I was a person who, um, yeah, some of you here who've known me for quite a long time will know. I was a person whose every waking minute was consumed, I mean consumed, with the problem, as I saw it, of not having enough money. But you know the thing was, didn't matter how much I had, still wasn't enough. If I had this much or this much or this much, still wasn't enough. And then the glory of this one simple verse, one verse, just gave me freedom. I realize that if I have surrendered to the Lord, I know I can rely on Him for my needs and my family's needs. There's one other important thing to notice about this verse. It doesn't say He will supply every want. Yeah? It doesn't say He will supply every want of yours. But every need? Yes. And I truly believe this. And uh, you know, giving a quick, quick testimony from my own family this year. We have seen, we have seen over this last 12 months that he will and he does 
supply your needs. Why does he do this? Because he is the promise keeper. Why does he do this? Because he is the miracle worker. And why does he do this? Because he is the waymaker. You are made in every 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you never, ever stop working on our behalf, Lord. Thank you that we can rely on that. Thank you that you are our ever-present help in good times and bad times. But all times with you, Lord, are good. All times with you, Lord, are good. Thank you, Jesus. Please have a seat again, guys.
So the third and final way that I want to offer up today about when a problem ceases to be a problem is this. It's kind of linked to the second one. But it's when you have complete trust in the Lord. When you have totally surrendered to Him. When you believe not 80%, not 93.7%, but when you believe 100% in His promises. Now, some of you here were probably here. Um, if you remember, before we laid the wooden floor in the lobby, we were all invited to come uh, and write anything that we wanted on the concrete before the wooden floor was laid, laid over top of it. And myself and my family, we wrote Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 on the floor, just outside those doors there, actually. Uh, why? this verse because by this time we had decided that this verse was going to be the verse that we would strive to live by for the rest of our lives uh, just to refresh you this is what it says trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths so if I trust in the Lord completely and if I believe unwaveringly in the goodness of God how can I look at things as a problem if I trust him completely and I believe in the goodness of God. How can I look at things as problems? I want to look at Jeremiah 29 verse 11 with you. Uh, it's a verse I'm sure many of you can recite back to me right now without looking in your Bible. It is a glorious promise that was made through the prophet Jeremiah. And it says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. I want to go back to the beginning of this chapter, though, just to make sure that you have the context of when this was written. Verse 1 says, These are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders of the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the people whom Nebuchadnezzar got it, had taken into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And we also need to look at verse 13, which says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So to me, it's vital that we look at the promise of verse 11 with the understanding of verse 13. Our hearts must be all in to God. And if we are indeed all in, then Jer Jeremiah continues to say, I will be found by you declares the Lord and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you declares the Lord and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile 
So again, sorry, I have a lot of questions for you today. My question is this. If we trust the Lord with all our heart, with every fiber in us, with our mind, our soul, and we understand that through Christ, we, as Christians, can claim God's promise from Jeremiah 29, 11. And if we see that even though the promise made to these exiles would take 70 years to be made good, that it was going to take 70 years for their problems to be overcome, how can we still cling to something that we see as a problem and let it seep into our hearts and into our thoughts? Uh, somebody that I like, very much like to read and listen to is Pastor John Piper. Some of you may know him. He says this about this verse. He says, as Christians, we can go to it and love it because it holds out the prospect not of destruction for us, so not of problems that will destroy us. He continues, but life and hope and joy in the future. Long term, your future is co-signed with Christ. Long term, your future is co-signed with Christ. That's a future for your welfare and not for evil. A future not of despair. I, I love this when I read it. it. It says, why look at things as problems now when I know that through Christ there is a future for my welfare and not for evil. A future for hope, not despair. I am, how am I doing? I'm all right. I am, of course, aware that we're probably living right now in one of the most difficult times to, uh, to trust in the Lord with all your heart. This, uh, this pandemic that we're in has many people questioning whether they can do this, and I do understand that. Believe me, I do. Normally, somewhere within a message... Uh, it's kind of, I don't know what the word is, traditional maybe, uh, that we give you an application or two regarding to the points that we're, that we're kind of making. But I want to make, I want to like give you an application, but through a testimony about this today. Uh, it's a testimony about trusting God in all circumstances, okay? And I do have permission to share this testimony with you. I'm not just sharing somebody else's testimony without getting their permission first. Uh, I have a very, very dear friend who works very hard for, well, to be honest, very little. And this friend relies on a laptop to make enough money to pay the rent and eat. And not long ago, the laptop just completely died, would not even turn on again. Now at this point, my friend could have gotten really depressed and anxious, but no, amazingly, this person said to me, it'll be okay. I don't know how, but I trust that God will take care of me. You know what happened? The very next day, someone gifted this friend a laptop. Now, it wasn't a brand new one, but it was actually a much better one than the previous one that, that had died, that's for sure. So 
through my friend's complete trust in God and through not viewing this as a problem, the immediate welfare need was immediately taken care of. And I truly believe that if you are all into God, and believe me, this friend is definitely all into God. If you've gotten down on your knees and surrendered completely to Him, God looks out for us all like that. And He will do for you too. You just need to turn to Him. What fortune lies beyond the stars Those dazzling heights do fall to heart I got so high about giving ourselves in complete surrender to God it says how we find life when our knees hit the ground sorry I'm remembering the first time my knees hit the ground it says about when we decide to trust God in God completely and surrender our lives to him our lives will change so I want to invite anybody that's here right now and any of you watching at home if you have never done this if you have never actually 
got down on your knees, reached your arms up in the air to reach to heaven and totally surrender to God, I invite you to join me now and let's do this together. If you're somebody who has done this once or twice before, you know what, girls, why don't you join me? Beepsy, chilla. Yeah. If you've done this before two times, three times, let's do it again. If you've done it a hundred times, I can see some people in here that I know have done this over a thousand times. It doesn't matter. Let's do it again. I honestly don't think that telling our God, our Father, that we surrender completely our lives to Him, I don't believe it's something that we can do too many times. So I'm just going to pray for this for us. The prayer team is here. If it this point you feel that you need someone to pray with you just wave one of your hands the prayer team will be keeping an eye out and they will come with a protocol distance and pray for you also just reach your arms right up church just close your eyes stretch till you feel like I'm touching you Heavenly Father, from this moment on, we surrender our all to you. We surrender our burdens, our fears, our problems, all to you, Lord. We lift up our loved ones, our jobs, our businesses, our finances, and we release them completely into your hands, Lord. We release all pain, all suffering in our lives, Lord. And we accept through complete surrender the easing of our troubled hearts. We thank you, Father. We thank you that in you we have this freedom. In Jesus' name. Now, I invite you to stand back up. Stand back up. We're going to continue this song. And as we do, I just invite you to celebrate finding your life now that you have laid it down, now that you have reached up and surrendered your life to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
I love that song. I've probably played, played it 30 times this week. <laughs> so, ah, well, please have a seat again, church. So we thank you for taking this journey with us today. Uh, I hope that through the word and through the worship and through prayer today, that we've given you something to think about. I pray that we have given you some tools to find, to find freedom from your problems. And I celebrate with all of you who've surrendered their life completely to God today. I believe that this is a really big step to personal freedom and truly can save you an awful lot of stress in your life. So as a new week begins, why not try to use these methods of wiping out the thought of problems in your life? I mean, come on, doesn't that sound great? Never again seeing something as a problem? I don't know about you, that sounds pretty good to me. So I put this to you. This week, I ask you to try giving your problems to God. But don't take it back on your own plate once you have, yeah? Try trusting in God completely and believing fully in his promises. And lastly, instead of getting stressed and down about a problem, I invite you to believe in the eternal goodness of God and search for the opportunity that God has given you instead. Lord, we just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you that you are good. What about you all? Stand up again. Let us praise you. Thank you. 
Yeah. 